Hello, this is Joe McGee. Welcome to our podcast. Make sure that you subscribe and please share the podcast with your friends. That is the number one way you can help us reach people with God's love and healing. We love you guys. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey, everybody. This is Angel and Joe. And Joe. And we're doing Mailbag Monday. <laughs> yes, we I are. I thought I'd try to open it this time since Joe <laughs> does it every time. Woo! Go ahead and start. Sometimes I feel tired and burned out. Really? Burn out at my job, burn out at home with the family. I just don't know how to get back to feeling normal. Have you ever felt this way? No, I can't even imagine what that's like. <laughs> yeah, there are seasons and cycles of life. It's like riding a roller coaster. Woo, woo, woo. And so you have to learn to amend and repair and adjust because not every day, no two days are the same. God's a creative God. And what God's trying to do is get us to use our faith. When they went to the promised land, the Bible says 10 times God tested them on the way to the promised land. We're going to live in houses we didn't build, eat from vineyards we didn't plant. Woo! But 10 times on the way to the promised land, God tested them. He wanted them to start using their faith. Without faith, you can't please God. Without faith, you don't whip the devil. Do you believe me? I don't know. Well, that's not good. <laughs> you need to start believing me. How do you do that? Well, I tell my kids, you need to read a proverb today. Just read a psalm. Get something. You start building your faith up. You realize something. Come on, life's going to go on. What the devil's trying to do is steal one hope at a time. Steal that hope. Well, I thought I'd do that. I thought I'd get that. I thought we'd get that house. I thought I'd get that car. I thought I'd get that job. I thought I'd get that radio. I thought I'd marry that person. And he's working on it. The devil is nonstop, 24 hours a day, working on you to strip you of your faith. So what's he after? Your faith. So how do you get it back? Just read you a little verse every now and then. Mess with the devil. I'm going to read me a verse. And I'm going to just, I used to tell my kids, I put them on the three to five card, give them one verse a week. You got a whole week just to think about one verse because this loaded. And so just feed on a little bit of something. It'll change how you think because hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's where most society is. They get drunk, they're going to get drugs, and just trying to go out. They're, they're hopeless. Well, get hope back. Put it back in there. Start talking it. Life is full of seasons. Yeah. Uh, uh, when I was 19, I got married, and I didn't have children until I was 30. Mm. So for 10 years was, in retrospect, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was a very selfish season for me. <laughs> we did what we wanted. We, we we spent our money how we wanted. We you know we didn't have anybody to think about but us. But then I got pregnant. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. And had a son. Mm. And somebody asked me, what... Uh, what what's the biggest change about having a child after 10 years? And I said, everything. Are you kidding? Yeah. I said, I used to walk into a store and all I thought about was me. And now I walk into the store and all I think about is him. Yep. And so then that was the season that I had children. And that was a busy, busy season, yep. especially because I, because I'd never babysat or anything. I'd never really been around kids that much. I <laughs> did not. Make my Hello. son sleep. And we I was tired for three years. And when my daughter came, I'm like, you're sleeping. <laughs> and um, so the rules were a little bit different with her. But during that time, that was a very, very busy time where you're just kind of running and passing in the night. Yep. So um, I would just say um, just try to take some time and, you know, focus and uh, I mean, it was hard for me when I was bumping into walls and everything else. 
but it's just know well, that what makes it hard. You can't see the end. Where's the end? Where's the but rainbow? But then when the end comes, there's that's another, a bad day. There's another hallway. Like, what? What is it? I, I didn't know that emptiness was a real thing, but I can Ugh. tell you it's a real thing. And I, oof, when my daughter got married, yeah, that was a rough day for me. Yeah. Very, very rough. But the sun comes up every morning. And now I'm going to have a grandchild. And so, it, so it, you know, it's, and then I met you during my emptiness time. And, uh, and the listen, the mercy of God's new every moment. Yeah. Like, the Bible says, run boldly to the throne of grace to get mercy in heaven time of need. What's mercy? Something you don't deserve, something you didn't qualify for, but God will give it. You know, the blind man at the side of the road, when Jesus was coming down the road, he had, he'd been born blind. He didn't, he said, what's all that racket? And somebody said, that healing rabbi is coming. What? Who? That healing rabbi. And so he starts to scream. The blind man's been blind from birth. He's screaming, mercy, mercy, son of David, have mercy. Well, the Bible says mercy will stop God in his track. God is a merciful God. So Jesus stopped whatever to talk to him. What can I do for you, blind man? Peter tried to hit the Lord, didn't have any eyeballs. She said, I'm not talking to you, Peter. I'm talking to the blind man. What can I do for you, blind man? Lord, that I might receive my sight. He got a brand new set of eyeballs that day. God will give you what you need. But you got to get focused on him, not on what you do. <laughs> and just like in the natural, we have seasons. Yes. I, I, I'm from the South. We never really felt a lot of seasons, just a little bit. You know, of course, in, in here, we call it the Palm Beach chill. <laughs> in Florida, if it goes like in the 70s, everybody's ripping out fur coats and everything. But then I moved to Washington State and I found out what real seasons were. And I was so excited that first winter because they... Everybody said, this is the biggest snow we've had in 30 years, you know, because I was on the Idaho side of Washington, not the Seattle side. Yes. And so um, anyways, I'm out there. Woo, woo, so excited, so excited. Well, it was so much fun through Christmas. And then January came and I was like, when is this going to stop? My car is so dirty. I'm tired of this. Da, 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 da. And uh, but. That time did end, and spring yes. came. Yeah, and uh, of course, my favorite time was fall. That was my favorite time. But every season is different. Yeah. Some we like, some we don't like. It will change. It will. This too shall pass. The Bible says, "Whatever you're going through, it'll pass." God knows exactly where you are, what you're feeling, what you need. God has not fallen asleep. He didn't die. Didn't fall off the throne. God knows what you need, so you need to stay in His presence as much as you can. And God said He didn't. God inhabits praise, so you got to keep your mouth moving the right direction. Father, I'm not sure what's going on. This seems awful miserable, but I just want to thank you for a minute. I'm not sure what I'm thanking you for, but I'll just thank you for the saying thank you. And you get your mouth moving the right direction, things will start to line up. You got this. <laughs> uh, Joe and Angel, I love mailbags every week. I have a question about being lazy. I, I'm approaching 40 and still see some lazy tendencies from my teenage years. Having things I know I need to do, but I just don't feel motivated. Any thoughts on how to overcome this? No, I don't want to overcome it. I like it. <laughs> I remember I remember when my first wife bought me a sissified French couch. Just got a head on one end and nothing on the other. Dumbest thing I ever saw. And because we'd work, we lived a long way from the office to an office. After lunch, I laid my head down on my desk just for about 20 minutes. She said, what are you doing? I'm just going to take me a nap. Well, let's go home later. No, it's too far to drive. I just, give me, I just want to lay down and take me a nap. 
And so she finally bought me this 65 French scout. I was so mad. I said, what did you pay for that? It was like $170. What a waste. I want some 65. So she put it in the back hallway by the bathroom, and I wouldn't even touch it. So weeks go by. So finally one day I'm at the office by myself. I came out of the bathroom. I thought, well, I'll sit down on this thing for a minute and see what it's like. And it was very comfortable because I felt covered. Up. So I just laid my head down on it. I mean, like three minutes, I was sound asleep. I woke up, nobody was there. Oh, thank God, nobody saw me sleeping. But I thought, oh, man, that was nice. And I was great for the rest of the day. I mean, I was good. I thought, you know, 20-minute naps really kind of good. So I got a habit of taking me a 20-minute nap every day, and it gave me a boost. So there's nothing wrong with relaxing every now and then. It's not lazy. It's just, you know, your body's trying to tell you, hey, sunshine, we need a break. Mentally, physically, we need a break here. And uh, there's a time to work. There's a time to rest. Ecclesiastes, there's a time. So make the most of the time and don't feel bad about it. Don't beat yourself up about it. It's not being lazy. Your body will, listen, I've done it before. Well, I've been going, go, go, and fall asleep on the highway, driving down the interstate. What you do? Fell asleep. Why? I'm not slept enough. Your body will just shut down eventually, and it's not good, and it's dangerous. So take your time. Relax. Enjoy the process. But if you do have lazy tendencies, I would say that one of the things that helps me, because everybody can go down that road, yes. is one of the things that helps me is if I, on the night before, I make a list of yes. everything I need to accomplish yes. the next day. Brilliant idea, by the way. And everybody ought to do So um, I may not get to them all, but I will get to a few of them. And so. Um, Just bum it to the next day. Which, well, I've got my list. i got my list. Yep. Joe, my kids are struggling in school, and we are just had a very difficult parent-teacher conference. I don't want to tell them to just try harder, but don't know what else to do. Any suggestions? Well, I need to know what they're dealing with, just academics, is it social, uh, a lot of challenges in school, uh, a lot of challenges. Like I said, when they invented the school system, uh, actually in France, uh, it was done so to control society. We want everybody to speak the same. So, you know, even in America, first grade, who's in first grade? Well, used to all the six or seven-year-olds. Who's who's the second grade? And they categorized all the way through. So you might be in the third grade, but you're doing fifth grade math. You can't take fifth grade math. You can't get fifth grade math. You get in fifth grade. And they're trying to box you in. And so sometimes kids are just being frustrated because I'm learning the higher level. They got me boxed in this. I know this stuff, or I don't like this stuff, or I, I hate this stuff. I'd rather learn this stuff. And so uh, we had three big groups at my school. We had a, a public school night where all the kids in public school would come. We have a little seminar what you can do to uh, take advantage of being in public school, homeschool seminar, and a private school seminar. So people ask, what do you believe in? I believe in education. So get what you can get, ever how you can get it. And these are the advantages and the disadvantages of, of all three. So uh, just find out what it is they're frustrated with. And uh, it's the system. It's going to pass. You know, one day you won't even remember the third grade. You just remember you didn't like it, maybe. <laughs> um, I've, I've worked with teenagers since I was 19. That's my favorite age. I absolutely love it. But I find that most adults are scared of teenagers. They yep. don't know how to respond to them or nope. talk to them. Um, <clears throat> I'd say you need to talk to your kid because, you know, when we when I went to the divorce, academically, I knew eventually 
if my kids missed some school or they were behind, they would catch up. It would be okay, which did happen. I was much more concerned about them on a social level. So I found a small school where the classrooms was private, but the classes were only like 20 kids and put them in there. And now academically, was it the best choice? Probably not, but uh, socially was the best choice. And they started to blossom there. So, because they had really withdrawn. So, watch your kids, um, see where they are. Um, Academically, I think sometimes we put way too much emphasis on that. Um, If I had to do it over again, I'm just going to be honest with you. Yeah. (laughs) I, because I was just always, you got to go to college. Both my kids went to college. My daughter got her master's. they both graduated. So, um, but in retrospect, I think I put too much emphasis on that. I would do things different. Yep. I would have said, let's take a gap year, go and serve God yep. in a ministry somewhere, be yep. an intern somewhere. Yeah. Um, and he's not both this. We've got eight kids, all grown, all college graduates. Uh, one of them has got a doctorate, the two have got their master's. We've done this. And we realize right now, was it what? Uh, I'm not sure we would do that again. No, I, I probably, to be perfectly honest with you, yeah. and my kids went to a private Christian university. Yep. Uh, probably there wouldn't send them there again. Yep. Because no matter how Christian it is, they got a couple of very liberal um, professors. Yeah. And they really indoctrinated them. Yeah. And and uh, I'm they're in their 30s now, and I'm still fighting it. Now you got to know more than my parents. You're a professor. My parents. Not near as smart as you. You're a professor. Whether they don't, they're in a classroom with a bunch of thumb sucking eighteen year olds or nineteen year olds. You don't know what they're like. You don't see them in real life dealing with the real life stuff like your parents are dealing with, and so it can mess it can mess you up. I remember I contacted one of my kid's son's professors, and he had told my son, "Challenge everything, question everything." And I was like, <laughs> "I he didn't have children." Nope. And I said. Who do you think you are? Seriously. I've raised this kid to believe a certain way, and now you're telling him to question all of that. Why would you do that? I I trusted you to take the baton and continue the journey. But instead, you have taken the baton and broken it. And so it is a challenge. And so um, I would do things very, very different today. But um, <laughs> it is, it you know, listen. Parenting is a song and dance routine that takes a lifetime to, Come on. to get right. Come on. So you're going to make mistakes. Yes, your sure. kids are going to make mistakes. Yes. The thing is, is um, brush your get up, brush your knees off, and uh, move on. Yes. So uh, it's the relationship at the end of the day. Well, you want to I, had a, I had a set of parents who <laughs> brought a kid to him. They were in my school. Kids in the fifth grade, and he was a challenge. He was. And so mom and dad came in, and I I did more counseling back then than I do now. I don't do any now. And so mom and dad, dad, mom went to church, dad didn't go to church. Very successful businessman. They bring the kid in one day, says, Mr. Geese, you understand you're good at this, and we want you to fix him. We're going to the mall. We'll be back in two hours. And they walked out of my office. Now, mom was involved. This is her kid in school. Dad, he just, he really wasn't that involved. So, so they left. So I'm staring at the kid. He's staring at me. It's like, and so I just looked at him and said, you hungry? He said, what? 
Yeah, huh? We got some donuts in the kitchen. You want some donuts? Sure. So I went back, got two chocolate donuts and a, I think a Pepsi. Come back to the office. We didn't talk about anything important. We were just talking about the donuts. I got a picture of me when I was in the first grade, black and white, years ago in Hickson Elementary. Who said, well, that's me when I was cooking. Can you pick me out of that picture? And we just started talking. I said, well, let's go for a walk. So I went outside. This is a nice day. School's already out. We're walking around the parking lot. Just talking. Didn't talk about anything important. And so we go back in the office. One last donut. He's sitting in the chair across from me from my desk. Well, his leg over the chair, kicking it. We're just laughing. Well, mom and dad come back after a two-hour trip, and they think I fixed him. Joe's done something holy and cast some devils out of him. What would you do? I said, no, we just visited, had some donuts and, and uh, Pepsi. And, and so guys says, Mr. Sure, what's been wrong with my son? I said, well, nothing really. He's a good kid. And so all of a sudden he realized, Dad, your son's a duplicate of you. He's just a duplicate of you. You reproduce yourself, good measure, press down, stay together. But he's yeah. not you. He's a new creature. He's half his mom, half you, and a lot of his own stuff. And so you got to treat him different. How you handle this? And so it turned out to be good. You know, he eventually went to school, went to college, kid got married, life went on. And so people make too big a thing out of the moment. This is not the biggest smoke of your life. It is not. So stay calm. Keep your voice down. Uh, don't accuse. Don't threaten. That just it never works. And you have to remember that your children are Christians as well. Whoa. And sometimes we don't treat our family Whoa. like we would honor someone in the church world. So uh-huh. treat them with respect. Yeah, we're treating some strange coming down the hallway at church better than we're treating our own kids. Yeah. All right. Treat your kids good. Go hug them. Have a good time. Have fun with them. Yes. Make a memory. Yes. Hey, we love you guys. Have a great one. God bless. Be sure to join us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to hear more of what God can do in your life. He's got a great future for you and your family. We're here to help you get there. Please make sure you visit Joe McGee Ministries on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. There you find all of our Friday funny videos and other encouraging resources for you and your family. While you're at it, be sure to visit JoeMcGee.com. We have all sorts of materials, books, DVDs, you name it, all there to help you, your marriage, and your family succeed.